we turn to um, the book of Luke, the second chapter. We're going to begin at verse 39. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was for him, on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up on to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for, on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you, have you seen those uh, commercials on recently? They strike me to the heart because they, de they define me in a great way. They're those commercials uh, for, I think, an insurance company, um, and uh, they talk about how when you, um, people much younger than me, buy their first house, suddenly they become like their parents, Right? And, and one, of them, one of them in particular is uh, um, uh, th there's a trainer who's training people or trying to untrain them from the bad habits of becoming like their parents. And uh, um, there's, a, there's, there's the trainer takes a, a guy onto an elevator. Some of you have seen this one. You're laughing at it already. And, and you know, he sees somebody with a T-shirt on. He goes, ah, Paris, instead of Paris. And I mean, he just starts interacting with the people on the elevator. The elevator doors close. He's facing the wrong way, talking to people. And, and the trainer says, you notice how everybody else is facing this way? Turn around. And then when it's, when it's done and the elevator, you know, op doors open and everybody else gets off, he goes, oh, no, you, you stay on. We need to do that again. That was terrible. <laughs> Well, I'm that guy. I talk to everybody. I'm that guy that in the grocery store, I'm going to have a conversation with you. And, I, you know, I, I'm going to talk to you about why you buy that instead of that. And I, it's, just, it's just in me. I'm that guy. And so I'm, I'm not only offended but informed by those commercials, I think, as I see myself in them. But Friday, I was in the grocery store. And um, as I'm going up and down the aisles, uh, you know how some grocery stores, they have long aisles and then a break in the middle, you know, anyway. So every time I came to that middle break, I looked down here, and here's a mother and a daughter. And the daughter is on the floor, face down, screaming so loud that you can hear her from dairy to meat and everyone in place in between. She is throwing the tantrum of all tantrums just at the top of her lungs, screaming. And here's mom, leaning up against the end cap, scrolling through her phone. 
Now, I'm not here to dog on her for th scrolling through her phone because I think she was doing what's right. I, she was letting her kid get it out, but recognizing, kid, I'm not going to, you know, do what you're asking. You don't, you don't get that special box of Fruit Loops just because you're screaming. And so I went up and down. I think I made three aisles before I came right up to them. And that child did not budge from her determination to scream her way through it. And, and as I'm walking by mom, again, that guy, as I'm walking by mom, I said, you're doing a great job. Now, mom looked at me like some choice words were about to come out of her mouth. And I said, wait, no, really. I think you're doing this right. Good job. And she looked at me and kind of with this sheepish grin and embarrassment said, thanks, and went back to her phone as the child kept screaming. A few, hours, a few aisles later, I, I'm, I'm over at the, at the uh, soda pop aisle, and, and some guys are, are filling the, the shelves, and, and uh, as I go by, one of them says to the other, he says, I'd have given that kid a shot of Everclear to shut her up. Now, I'm that guy, but I'm also wanting to be helpful, and I said, oh, no, 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 make it Benadryl, it's legal. <laughs> I mean, just to be, you know, it's hard to be a parent. I get that. It's hard to be a parent today, but I don't think it's, it's different, but I, I don't think it's harder than it was when I was a kid, and I don't think it was when you were kids, and I, I don't, I, I think you can go down through history, and it's different, but it's not less hard to be a parent. Now, it might have been more hard to be the parent of the Son of God as you think that through. I mean, I just imagine that in that story. Now, Mary and Joseph have taken Jesus to Jerusalem for Passover, but, but we get a hint in there. Jesus is 12 years old. And you see in the, in the Hebrew faith, um, when they hit 12 years old, there was a special ceremony called bar mitzvah. We tend to, in the Christian faith, we call it confirmation. Um, and, and with 12-year-olds, we are about that age range, we do confirmation. But they call it bar mitzvah, and bar mitzvah was the time at which a young man became, a young boy became an adult, a man. He went from, well, in Jesus' case, Jesus bar Joseph. Bar means son of. Okay, and we know because we've read the full Bible, we know it's Jesus bar Yeshua, God. But in Nazareth, he would have been known as Jesus bar Joseph, Jesus the son of Joseph. But he goes from Jesus bar Joseph to Jesus bar mitzvah. Mitzvah means law. Jesus bar mitzvah means Jesus, son of the law. Now, no longer does he have responsibility, or, or, yeah, responsibility to his parents. He has responsibility to the law of God. To live it out in his life. So that's why he was with them. That's why he was in the, in the temple to be there. But, but mom and dad then pack up everything, and we can assume there was a crowd from Nazareth. It's about a seven-day walk or so from Nazareth to Jerusalem. We can assume there was a crowd from Nazareth who had come to Jerusalem and then gone back together in mass. 
And as they're on their way back, Mary suddenly realizes as they go to bed down for the night, where's Jesus? And Joseph goes, I don't know, I thought you had him. And she's like, Joseph, you had one job. (laughs) To not lose the Son of God. I mean, let's raise it to that level of who you lost. You know, not just some neighbor kid. You lost the son of God. This is a pretty big deal. One job, Joseph, and, and, and you didn't quite get it done. Where is he? What was he doing? And, and, and the scripture tells us, answers the question in Luke 2, 46. After three days... They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Anyone here want to consider what it would feel like to be missing your child for three days? I've been missing my child for 30 minutes at one time, and and that's scary. Three days. I know, he's an adult now, right? He went from from Jesus bar Joseph to Jesus bar Mitzvah. He's an adult now, but he's 12. He's still a child. Can you imagine... Can you imagine the feelings of the parents? So yesterday, um, we had a birthday party for my oldest granddaughter. Uh, Emma is seven years, turned seven years old. And so we had a, a birthday party for her. And uh, um, in, that, in that party, uh, my oldest daughter and her spouse weren't able to, to, to go to the party. They had another commitment. And so I went to their house, picked up their two kids, and took them to the birthday party. Later on, I'm standing on the driveway talking with my son and my other daughter when my other daughter asked me something that didn't occur to me to be my responsibility. And that was, where are your kids? I said, I'm standing here with two of them. The other one's off at another party. And she goes, no, the two you brought. I didn't know that was my job. I've made a note. I got it now. You know, we're, it's seven years, we're still in grandpa training. But I didn't know it was my job to know where those two were. Apparently so. I found them. Didn't have to search three days. They were right where I thought they were, but thankfully. But man, if I was missing one for three days, I would kick into search mode like you've never seen. I'd go nonstop for those three days, as I imagine Mary and Joseph did and probably some others that came back with them, some others that were on their way to Nazareth that that probably came back with them to help them search. And where do they find him? This this is an interesting part of that scripture because it says that they found him um, in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, that, that may seem like the, uh, the normal interchange of, of a, a teacher and child, but that is the opposite of what we do today is the opposite of what they did then. Back in that day, the teacher sat, the students stood around, and the teacher asked questions. And out of your, the students' experience and learning, they were supposed to try to answer the questions. 
So there is something going on there, and I don't know if I'm making way too much out of it, but I don't think so. Jesus is there sitting. Now, maybe some of the other teachers were sitting, but no doubt some of the the lower-ranking teachers were standing and marveling at what this kid knew. He was amazing at the way he could not only answer their questions, but ask them insightful ones as well. And that's the answer he gave to them when they asked him. They said, we've been anxiously searching. And and here's what he answers. In Luke 2, 49, in the NIV translation, the one I read, it says, why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? However, it's problematic. And that is, if you read other translations, like the King James, and therefore the New King James, um, you would read it as this. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Well, that's different. Those are nowhere near the same translation. Which is it? House or business? First, it's fair to say that, that, that Jesus uh, doesn't always answer a question in exactly the way it's asked. Throughout Scripture, Jesus doesn't answer in exactly the way it's asked. So for us to assume, where were you, should be answered with a location, is not a safe assumption on our part. However, he answers, in my father's house, or if he answers, in my father's house, it wouldn't astonish the parents because they knew the truth of Jesus, of his birth father, the very God who's worshiped in that temple. He was in God's house. So, giving the location in my father's house, that might make sense. But it's also fair to say that the translation is difficult. And, and let's do a little Greek Bible study here. By the way, I don't read Greek, so I'm depending on other people to translate for me. But, but um, the first problem is that there's one word that could mean in or it could mean about. And that is the word en. It's the Greek word en. And it's simply pronounced that way, en. Before we address that word fully... The second problem in that sentence is that there's no word in that Greek sentence for house or business. It's not that there's, it's a word that's difficult to translate. It's not there at all, at all. A literal translation would render it something like, didn't you know I must be in the things of my father or about the things of my father, depending on how you translate N. And the translators, based on the way they chose to translate that word in or about, render it in my father's house or about my father's business. Now, look, there's, there's more than one place that Jesus uses figures of speech and manners of speech to offer multiple meanings. And I think that's what he's doing here. In John 3, 3, for instance... You've heard the the passage of Scripture where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, you must be born again, right? Well, another proper translation of that word that we hear is again, 
the Greek word anothen, is also above. You must be born from above. Either one is correct. And so, so maybe it is that Jesus intended both in that case. Maybe it is that Jesus meant an expansive understanding. What, what if it is that he, he, he meant to say to Nicodemus, you must be reborn in a spiritual way that comes from above, from God. Therefore, giving us a pause to think, like it does in that, that Luke 2.49. Does he mean about my father's business or in my father's house? Maybe the answer is yes. So let's start with the in our father's house part. What if, it, what if it, that was it? Maybe Jesus is communicating to us about our fundamental need to belong. God created you with a need to belong. You know, we often say we're social animals. That's what we're talking about here. We have a need to belong from a, a scholarly paper that I, I looked into uh, on need to belong theory. Did you know there is such a thing? This one was printed in the American Psychological Association, and they say this, the motivation to form and sustain at least a minimum amount of social connections is one of the most powerful, universal, and influential human drives. It shapes emotion, cognition, and behavior. It explains self-esteem as an internal measure of one's chances of having good relationships. You have a fundamental need to belong. Jesus, as the Son of God, understood our need to belong, and he gave us family. But not just family, knowing family won't always sustain us. Not, not that there's anything wrong with family, but in the moment at a grocery store as your child's throwing a tantrum, having somebody walk by and say, you're doing a good job. I think she needed that in that moment. We will naturally gather in community, whether it's through work or through interest groups or at the neighborhood pub, we naturally gather in community, and we need that. We need community. We need connection. Jesus intends you to have connection with others, and therefore he gave you the church. He gave you a place to belong, his father's house. He's setting an example for us as he gives that to us, that our best and most important place to belong is in the father's house, the church. You're in the right place. And, and if you're watching online, and, and place might mean that this is your church, while you're not in this place, you belong. We're glad you're here with a, as a part of us. You belong. The second need that Jesus satisfies in this question, as, as he answers that, that part of the question, is it, is it in my, about my father's business? And that is that you have a need for purpose. You might say you have a need for meaning or you have, you have a, a, a need for significance. In an article published in Psychology Today, uh, they actually quoted two other articles. And it says, according to Time Magazine, purposeful living has been linked to lower risk of disease, better sleep, 
and other healthy behaviors. And according to a study in the Journal of American Medical Association, having a purpose in life helps aging people maintain their function and independence. People in the study who reported having a sense of purpose were less likely to have weak grip strength and slow walking speeds, both of which are signs of declining physical ability and risk, for fact, risk factors for disability. They also noted that people with purpose are more proactive in taking care of their health. Additional studies reported that purpose-driven people have lower levels of inflammation. So Jesus reminds us that we not only have a need to belong, but we have a need for purpose. Belonging. You belong here. And perhaps you can find your purpose here through the church through what God is doing through the church into the world. But the, the title of the sermon today is a, a Child Savior. What did you mean by that, Dave? I'm glad you asked. Because I believe that Jesus is not only the child Savior at 12 years old, but he's every children's Savior as well. A study by the Centers for Disease Control, and I know they've gotten a black eye in the last several years, but this study showed this. 57% of teenage girls in 2021 report feeling persistently sad or hopeless, and that's up from 36% just a decade before. Similarly, 29% of teen boys feel persistently sad or hopeless which is up from 21% a decade ago. And listen to this. 30% of teenage girls have seriously considered suicide, and that's up from 19% a decade ago. Uh, now, let me, let me paint that picture for you. These children, and, and I think there was like 17 children up here, and by the way, we had the youth choir at the first service. There was 13 of them. So there's 30 of them. Ten of those girls are going to seriously consider suicide. Let that sink in. Because <laughs> it wrecks me. And 58% of teens with same-sex partners have seriously considered ending their life as well. And I think about that, I read those statistics, and I just think, what if they had a place they knew they belonged? What if they knew they had purpose? Could the purpose of the Father's house be more important today than any other day in history? Remember that girl in the grocery store? She's going to need a Savior. Of course, her mom will too, but, but let's focus on the child for a minute. <laughs> She's going to need a Savior, one that as she grows up will give her place and purpose, a place to belong and find that she is needed in God's mission in the world. She'll know that she was created, not created, excuse me, not created by accident. But she'll also know that the needs of the world don't revolve on her brand of Fruit Loops. 
She needs a Savior who will give her hope for a better future when all she wants to do is curl up in a ball and scream at the world. She'll learn that there are others like her, but also others around her, a friend group seeking what's best for her, for one another, for the whole world. She needs a Savior, a child Savior, and Jesus is her Savior. So here's the deal. Jesus has given you a place to belong. This is your place. You belong here. And Jesus has given you purpose in your belonging. And while the whole purpose of the church does not revolve around our mission to children and youth, we cannot deny how vital, how important it is that we provide place and purpose to our children. Like Joseph, who was, who was charged to raise a child who was not his own, so you have a purpose to assure that all children, even those that aren't your own, know that they belong and have purpose. At, at Living Word, the way we do that, and I know we've, we mention this from time to time, but I'm going to repeat it. At Living Word, the way we help you find your purpose is through our journey uh, program. If you, it, you see a whole wall of it out there, but it, that's insert in the front in your uh, seat back in front of you. Um, you can just click on that with your phone, that QR code, and it'll take you to a page that will help you find your purpose. And if you have questions, we can help you answer those questions. We just added a new box to that page, and if you scroll down on your phone or on, on the page on the website, um, if you scroll down, you'll, you'll find that, it, that we have a newly added section that just says immediate needs. You know what one of those immediate needs is? Want to guess? People to work with our children. But it's nothing new, and it's not just you. It, I, every church I've served, this is my sixth church I've served as pastor, and I was a member of two others before I became a pastor. Every church I've served has had this question, how do we find enough people to work with our youth and children? Every church. And every one of those churches would say this, our children and youth are so important to us. We've got to figure out how to reconcile those two. We have to figure out how to reconcile those two. Let's do something about it. Our children need to know that they have a Savior, a Savior that, that they belong in his Father's house, and a Savior that gives them purpose, meaning, significance in their life. The usher is going to come in just a moment for the offering. And as they do, I hope that during this offering time, you'll, you'll meditate on that idea of a child Savior. Not only a child who is our Savior, that 12-year-old or that one born at Christmas time, but, but a Savior of our children. And what does it mean for you to be involved in impacting their lives? Amen and amen.